What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, Sinks and Anks? Welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominique Smith. As always, I want to thank everybody for their continued support for this channel. It's been such a blast so far. We are almost to a year. I have to go back and see. I know it was like November 3rd or something last year, but that's when the first episode was released. Um, and man, it's been kind of crazy. Um, so I truly grateful for each and every one of you if you haven't already go on instagram follow the channel lactic acid podcast or lactic acid with dominic smith on youtube lactic acid uh, with dominic smith and be sure to click the notification bell on youtube as well because listen a bucket of track talking fried chicken is making a return sooner than you think and i am so pumped because we're going to have some athletes on the show and we're going to get into some awesome topics and track talk will be making a brief return as well so definitely be sure to uh you know subscribe hit that notification bell that way you're notified every time a new episode drops and then obviously on twitter lactic acid underscore pod so be sure to follow me on those platforms that way you stay up to date stay informed wherever you get your podcast apple spotify google podcast whatever uh, please be sure to subscribe obviously and leave a nice review uh, especially if you're liking the episodes and liking the content it would do a great deal for this channel and our progression going forward today i have a legend i was so pumped to talk to her none other than miss Molly, mrs molly huddle she again is a legend every time you talk about american distance running you cannot you know dismiss her name because she's done so many great things in the sport she's continuing to ball out in the sport especially now that she's in the marathon game and she's doing so many awesome things outside of the sport helping the sport grow, writing books. She's awesome. It was a pleasure to have her on. It was an honor to get a chance to chat with her. We talked about cross country. We talked about Halloween costumes. She's an artist. Like she's really good at art. So we talked about that, talked a little Netflix and we talked, you know, about her consistency, how she's been able to stay consistent and how she's been able to um, find balance in the projects that she does as well as being a professional runner molly is awesome please be sure to follow her on instagram at molly huddle oh, gosh i don't have it in front of me but i do believe if you type in molly huddle you will find her and uh yeah please be sure to follow me as well thankful for everybody remember we have merchandise go to fanhubtf.com go to the author page it is actually below in the show notes and you will find the merchandise you'll find um my name and then everything that is offered you can buy please purchase it it helps the channel grow and it definitely will look good on you it's nice to have a little swag every now and then but anyway i hope you guys enjoy the episode looking forward to talking with you soon What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and angst, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominique Smith. Today, 
We have a legend in the making. She is the pride of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Shout out to my Ohio State Buckeyes who handle business when we played you guys. 21-10, if you did not see the game, I just had to send out a reminder there. But it's all love. When you talk about Notre Dame, you know, legends, there's Touchdown Jesus, then there's Molly Huddle. If when Shaka Khan wrote I Am Every Woman, she had Molly Huddle in mind. That is the greatness that comes from her. Baller, shot caller, doing it big on and off the track and she is my guest on this show today molly how are you doing appreciate you joining the show hi thanks dominique that's one of the best intros i've ever had <laughs> listen it's all facts and you have a guest as well we have a, temp a temporary guest yeah jojo the baby is sitting on my lap so if you hear any um goo goo gagas that's her <laughs> <laughs> listen it's all it is all good like Listen, I am the official journalist of Flavortown, USA, where the mayor is the reigning guy, Fietti. All thriller, no filler, that's what we say. And so we have greatness. So how can you not love it so far? So here we go. So I've been today, well, as we're recording this, it is the first day of fall, um, which my two favorite seasons are the holiday season and fall here in Florida. It's low key fall. As many have heard me say, because weather wise, it's like the honey badger. It does whatever it wants to, whenever it wants to. And so let's just say Ben and Jerry, no, not Ben and Jerry, because that's more of a summertime thing, but let's say Yankee candle and the marathoners, the marathon, um, creators new york city and um chicago they came together one night they had dinner and they said you know molly huddle is a big freaking deal like she puts the team on her back she is like an icon when it comes to what she's done to advance the sport and we need to celebrate her awesomeness we need to celebrate her amazingness and so now that it's the fall we need to do a promotion that centers around her and so what they're going to need from you is you have to choose what style of pizza would you like? Will you want the New York style pizza from the New York Marathon? Or would you like the deep dish pizza from the Chicago Marathon? And Yankee Candle wants you to give them a scent. And the kicker on top of all of that is you have to name the promotion. So what would be what style of pizza? And then what pizza would you like on it? Or what flavors and toppings would you like on it? What scent of the candle? And what's the name of the entire promotion? Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Um, well, I'll start with the one I know. Uh, I'm from upstate New York. So I'm, I go with the New York City pizza every go. time. Um, I like just regular pepperoni. That's, that's my go-to. Um, Yankee Candle scent. Okay. So for me, um, it's going to be fall-based, but fall running, which I think of cross-country. So it's going to smell like, <laughs> it's going to sound weird. Cross-country smells kind of like dead leaves and mud and grass. So if you can make a candle smell like cross-country, you'd make it smell like that. And it sounds bad, but it actually is a good smell. Um, so that kind of like fall outdoor trail smell. And then what would I call it? They have to go together. Um, I don't know. It would be like cross. It'd be something with cross country, cross country. Uh, 
I don't even know, cross country pizza party. <laughs> Cause when you're in high it will remind you of your high school cross country days where you like you race and then you have your pizza party afterwards with your parents and your friends. <laughs> so so let, let's just so there's a couple questions that I have based on the answer that you just gave, specifically <laughs> about that sentence. So let's let's just get it straight. Everybody knows this. Listen, I do have some experience when it comes to cross country, but in the unconventional um, set. So I've lived here in Orlando, born and raised. Um, and so my I was a shot putter and a discus thrower, but I love cross country. Love it because it, it to me is one of the most underrated, you know, aspects of running that does not get the attention that it deserves. But when you say on those cool, crisp mornings of dead leaves and all that stuff, I didn't get that. Listen, you got up in Florida when the roosters did the cock-a-doodle-doo to get on the course at 6.30, to run at 7.30, to beat the heat at 9 a.m. So this is a new experience for me. And so I guess my question is, what does mud and leaves, because that sounds like just, you know, um, allergies and flonase and stuff uh to me on the surface what 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 does that what does that help help a brother out please help help me okay okay so a little bit of ragweed for sure um it's probably more of like an east coast uh cross-country vibe okay um i feel like we need some good notes in there though like we need like the little bit of like uh, grape bushes and like apple trees that you run through too. those smells coming through. Um, but that's what it was like. Like our, our cross country courses were either, there are one of two things. They were golf courses or they were like these trails. Um, I don't know. Have you ever run at Van Cortland park or been to Van Cortland park in New York? That's kind of an iconic one that a lot of people might relate to that has, so, has the mud. It has the trees. It has it all. So let's just cut the, have you run? The answer is no. Uh, <laughs> so no, I have not had the opportunity uh, yet, at least. Now it sounds like I have to go and mm. check it out. Wow. Okay. Well, this is, this is why this is, you learn something new every day. So the title, I'm, I'm still trying to think of a title. Instead of party, I don't know. I'm usually <laughs> I that's that's what I'm saying. Like usually I help out with the titles when I ask these kind of questions, but that one got me. There's like there's a country music song called the Dirt Road Anthem. And so I was thinking when you said mud, you know, maybe you know, something like that. And then it was like dirt road anthem party in the USA with pizza type. So we're just gonna go with the huddle paradise. I love it. Okay. <laughs> I love or it. or like huddle up or something like that. Uh, I love it. <laughs> yes. I the pizza, you you listen, I I don't know. I'm like in this mood for pizza like all of a sudden, but there is obviously in Orlando we don't have the true New York. It's like the bootleg New York. Um, but I don't understand deep dish pizza. So I am 100% rolling with what you say there. And listen, pepperoni is the best pizza. Debate your mama on that one. Mm -hmm. Speaking of cross country, we have started the cross country season. Um, and I don't know. It's kind of crazy to me that it doesn't get 
as much hype. I feel like there's more hype around high school cross country than it is cross country in the pros, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad because, listen, like I said, my experience with cross country was coaching middle schoolers, which is something that I will never do again. <laughs> um, But it was lit like that. That was that was insane. What is it about cross country that you love the most? And what are you looking forward to seeing this season? Yeah, so probably kind of like your middle school kids, I have sort of a love-hate relationship with cross-country. So overall, winning emotion is love, but it's just, it's a hard, like you just feel slow. It feels hard. You're like trudging through the grass, you know, in track season, you like bounce off the track and you race at night and you feel, it feels more flashy and um, cross-country, it's like not that many people watching, it's hard, it's long, you know, it's 10K. So it's just a grind, but it's also really rewarding. And um, I don't know, there's something about running on the grass and running over the hills and through the trails. You feel like you're really in nature with this race. You know, it's not like your typical road race or your typical track race. So that's the love-hate relationship. But it is, you're right, it is kind of weird at the professional level. It's like... Um, not a very glamorous or popular event, but it's something that's usually like really important to a distance runner's season. So a lot of yeah. us will kind of grind through a few cross country races in the late fall. That's kind of more our season, late fall, early winter. And we're thinking, okay, this is going to help us for the track or help us for the spring season. Um, Cause everything feels easier after cross country, basically. <laughs> oh man. It, just watching some of like the professional courses, especially because you there's more of the elements when the pros run cross country. There's a better chance that it's going to snow. There's a better chance that it's going to rain. There's a better chance that you're going to have that mud that you were talking about. And it's like the track and field cross country, professional cross country to me is like watching the equivalent of the track and field or running version of an Ironman. Um, because my knees ache at the sight of some of those courses that you guys have to run. Um, But I will say this, that is interesting. So what's been your most memorable cross country race uh, that you've run? So for me, it's always the world championships. Um, Mm -hmm. It's like, the hardest race I ever run every time. It's the only race where it feels like, like usually in a distance race, it's like the gun goes off, you get out hard and then you settle into like a comfortable rhythm and then you kick it in and cross country at worlds. It's like, you get out hard, you keep going hard. You never slow down. You feel like you're dying. You feel like you're going (laughs) to So that is how hard it is. Um, You have literally the best, like they can send a team of, um, we send four or five, I forget. So you have, it's not like the track where it's the top three from every country. So it's a really deep field up top. So you're just getting killed. Like you're getting crushed. <laughs> mm. um, and it's, it's just hard. And you, ha- you have people you idolize that you're racing against. And it's always in a cool location. And you're right. They do make it really challenging and muddy. And hit, they'll build like obstacles you have to jump over and stuff. So it's definitely the most memorable. Um, I'd love to make it back one more time you know, in my career, but that will, I, I think they have it this year in Australia, actually. So that would be Ooh, cool. That would but yeah, be really fun. it's always a memorable one. <laughs> cross country, professional cross country sounds like I've made, it's not even a joke at this point, but that's what mm-hmm. it feels like covering high school track <laughs> and field. There's a song called killing me softly. 
and that's what like running a cross country course on the professional like level sounds like <laughs> by the Fiji's. Oh man, that is insane. That's insane. But how are you doing? How is life holding up for you? You seem extremely busy, like balling at everything and stuff. So how's everything going on your end? It's going good. It's definitely different now. You know, I had my first baby like six months ago almost. Um, so I'm on the comeback training wise. Um, we have a lot of other little side projects going on that I started while I was pregnant and I couldn't run. So like I'm, I wrote a book and we have that out into the world. I have a podcast as well. So we work on that in my spare time. So definitely busy. Um, but it's fun. It's all good things. As you know, like being creative and making something is really fulfilling and it's really fun and it's good to use that part of my brain. Um, and then, yeah, still have my day job of running. So working on that. <laughs> it's really hard too, <laughs> and everything, <laughs> but you yeah. have like, for what is so crazy. I was, I was honestly thinking about it uh, this morning, like the range that you have as far as what you've been able to accomplish and what you are accomplishing is like the range that Steph Curry has when he shoots three point shots. Like you have that he can pull up from 30 feet or he can go to a layup and you can't guard either one of them. <laughs> like that's the kind of like greatness that you have from writing a book to running five K's and 10 K's and now marathons and cross country and podcast and like changing the game for everybody have you kind of stopped and looked back on all the things that you've been able to accomplish and um that you've been able to do throughout the duration of your career oh for i forgot she was like a 37 time all-american at notre dame too you know wow Com that. compared to steph curry wow okay that's a, that's a big compliment um <laughs> it's just the truth I, though yeah i i don't know i feel like i just wanted to give back to the sport and I wanted to I just had all these ideas for like um creating content or stories I wanted to tell and so I kind of just did it in my own homegrown way <laughs> nothing it's nothing fancy <laughs> production value probably could be better but it's it's um just like little passion projects and I I just love having that outlet so I feel I've always been like that um and you do have to kind of have seasons with it you know I pick it up yeah. and put it down so like when I'm in a really stressful part of the track season you know like gearing up for the Olympic trials last uh like a year and a half ago like you know those things get put on the back burner training gets put on the front but it's been a cool um kind of way to fit everything together and everything kind of feeds each other because you're always excited about something so yeah, I don't know. I'm just plugging away. <laughs> it, it's like the world kind of never runs dry when it comes to like the different ideas and content, you know, that you're able to create. How do you find that balance of being like an athlete? I don't say balance, but like the athlete's mindset is different than somebody who is, you know, do, shooting videos or content and stuff like that. But you do both very well like you will talk about your podcast uh later on in the show but you have a very successful podcast and just the questions you're able to ask and just you know to dive in the conversation from a different perspective how are you able to kind of you know balance that because i know some athletes like take that same energy and intensity that you you know use to you know 
bury somebody on the football field or, you know, run on the track or the basketball court. And sometimes it's kind of, kind of struggle, um, you know, going into a new field. But like I said, you're literally the master of all trades, you know, that you, you know, set forth to do. So how are you able to kind of keep that balance if that makes sense? Wow. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I think I don't always, like, I don't always keep the balance. I feel like I did kind of charge into, so like, for example, keeping track, we used to put out like one episode a week when it first came out. And now we're one episode a month. Cause we were just like all in all of our energy, like Roisin, Alicia and I have, we're all the same. We're all overachievers and we're all just like, this is unsustainable. Um, <laughs> but we're still going now and kind of the same with like the book and some of the other stuff. I, I would kind of just go like, sports makes you feel like you can do anything and it teaches you how to like build things. It teaches you how to show up every day. And so I kind of come to these projects and I'm like, yeah, like I can do this. Um, and I do kind of go in too hard, uh, early sometimes, but I, one thing that running taught me is like, I always do finish it off. I always do, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And I feel like that's what the sport taught me as well. So I definitely take lessons from running and, you know, put them into other parts of my life. But I get reminded that like, oh, wait, I have a natural talent for running. I don't have a natural talent. I have a lot to learn in this other stuff. So like confidence has to be tempered a little bit. Um, but it definitely, it overall, I feel like it's helped me to like not be afraid to do this stuff. Like I'm like, okay, like, you know, I can learn, I can grow. I did that in track and now I can do that in other stuff. You're really good at it though. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> and, it's, and here's the thing. There's no shame in putting out one episode a month because this this stuff is hard. <laughs> like <laughs> there's like the scheduling, the interview, mm-hmm. the editing, the preparation, and then the execution. Uh so that's that's yeah I, i'm not even mad at it um but you guys do a great job you know on that podcast you know it's it's funny just in preparation it's so crazy. like i remember watching like so many of your races like live obviously not being there but live on whenever they showed it on tv you didn't pay 80 dollars you know to have to see the race <laughs> um and you were the model of consistency um you were in every race you were it did not matter like if they put kareem abdul jabbar out there you were still gonna be well i would hope you would beat him but in a sense like a runner to that equivalent um you were always you're always in the mix and then you win and like you ball how do you maintain that consistency as a runner um throughout all phases and it's not like it was just early on in your career like you still do this you are still about that life so how do you consistently maintain that level of consistency um you know in what you do and what you're passionate about yeah I feel like um I had a good streak going at least in domestic races for quite a few years and um I felt like I it took me a year or two to kind of build the fitness I needed and learn and get the confidence. And then once I figured out that formula, it was simple. You know, I feel like a lot of people kind of get in their own way with things and they're looking for the 1% improvement here or there. And we just focused on that 99% and getting it right every single time. And mm. we knew what workouts worked. We knew how to stay injury free. I knew that was like the number one thing I had to do, stay healthy. Number two, you know, we do our schedule of workouts that is actually not that crazy. It's not that complicated. Um, I would make sure in workouts, I was only going about 80%. So I wouldn't burn out or get fatigued or overtrained. 
and just gave that time and it stacked fitness, stacked fitness. And, um, I, once I learned how to approach races without getting too nervous, that was automatic too. And so it was like these few things I had to learn in the first two years. And then it just kind of fed itself after that. It was like, okay, you're doing this right. Like you're testing yourself and, um, it's working. And I feel like after that, people were just like afraid. <laughs> it's nearly like people Listen. expected you. There was this mental, like they expected you to take the lead and expected you to win. And you just kind of worked with that. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, um, you know, I always got nervous, but I always tried to like stay in the moment, focus and execute the same way every time. Like never took it for granted, never thought a race would be easy. Um, and yeah, obviously a few, there's a few lessons learned along the way, but for, you know, it, it did, it, it did work more times than it didn't. You had like waffle house consistency during that stretch run <laughs> where you were just bought. like, I, that fear, like there, just like the nicest person on the outside, but on the inside, like there has to, people say that inner Sasha fears or, or whatnot, like there had to be the stone cold savage. That's like, listen, I'm frying all this chicken today. I'm taking over. It's it's over. <laughs> you can tell. And it wasn't like an arrogance. It was just like a confidence. Like you knew it didn't matter what was going on. Molly Huddle was going to be in position to whoop you and stuff. And like, I can imagine as a competitor, it's like, okay, that has to be like <laughs> gratifying and satisfying. Like to have that reputation of just greatness and excellence. Yeah. It did feel like an alter ego kind of. And like, I remember talking to one of the other women that I race against a lot. And she was like, oh, I always am so confident before the like week before the race. And then as it gets closer, I get more and more nervous. And I was like, I'm the opposite. Like, I feel like I'm going to lose to everybody. Like I'm preparing, like I'm going to lose to everybody like a week before. And then as I get closer and closer to the gun going off, I just get like more and more amped and excited and like, stoked <laughs> so and then once the gun goes off you're like okay like execute the next personality like it's molly 2.0 <laughs> molly listen i like that I, molly squared let's do it yep. I, I'm good. <laughs> do you have like a pump-up song like that you listen to like i just on a recent episode that was aired last week you know i who did i ask no that was a i haven't I actually haven't asked this episode in a long time but I'm asked this question in a long time, but do you have like a pump up song or like an artist that you get to, to get to that inner, like, just, man, I got that swag, low key, you know, just savage kind of uh, personality. I like, it kind of changes. Like it depends, like I'll overuse a song, but usually something from Beyonce works. Um, I like Nicki Minaj. She kind of gets you ready to like get serious. <laughs> um, it depends on the song. It depends on the song. Um, and then like I kind of rotate through playlists. Like I make a new playlist every like six months that is like good for pump up music and also doubles as a good long run playlist. Oh man, which okay. So I actually this is kind of crazy. I haven't heard too many people say. Like Beyonce is like everybody listens to Beyonce Monday through Friday. But if you have a race on Saturday, for whatever reason, I haven't heard too many people say that that's who they listen to first. Like what what's your go to song? Well, I liked Freedom. That was high on the list. Oh, okay. um, her whole the whole Lemonade album is my one of my pump up like albums <laughs> listen that beverage was changed when that <laughs> album was dropped oh man Nicki Minaj she has one song that like 
makes me like question my soul and that's moment for life because I used to listen to that and I'm like oh my god this is this is and I and I'm saying like I'm going to I'm competing in a weightlifting meet listening to moment for life acting like this is the Super Bowl or the Olympics and stuff like that so I do yeah. understand that um I'm not mad at it let's get away from all this running stuff because it makes my knees hurt just thinking about it what are three things that people do not know about the legend that is Molly Huddle oh gosh three things they don't know about me um I like fashion I like shopping and fashion I feel like people just always see me in sweats so they don't know that (laughs) (laughs) um I don't really have the occasion to wear nice clothes but I like to I like to look nice. Um, I have a twin sister. Not a lot of people know that. No, she doesn't run. Everyone asks me that. Oh, man. <laughs> um, and we aren't identical. Um, what's that third thing about me that people don't know? Um, I So my mom's an artist. So oh. like every, all, all of us are kind of good at art in our family. So like my favorite thing was drawing cartoons so i'm like okay a, i'm like a closet cartoonist <laughs> really oh my gosh so my opening assessment of like honest to god's truth if if i'm the song i'm every woman was a person it would be you uh because <laughs> I, i'm not sure there's anything that you cannot do oh man so i can't like, really i'm not a good um driver or parker Nobody, nobody is. That doesn't. <laughs> well, that doesn't count. Uh, well, I mean, in the Northeast, I is there a lot of like driving and stuff like that? I know, like in New York, people catch cabs all the time because they say it's not a good thing to buy a car. Uh, yeah, like Rhode Island is such a small state that like you you still need a car, but yeah, nothing's really that far away. Um, but it is like New England just is like a tight space. It's like there's a lot of tight roads and uh narrow roads and like traffic and um i mean i think it's challenging to drive here but i'm also as i said not a good driver so <laughs> well here's the thing i don't think that is your fault i think the system has made it hard for you to be a free and confident driver because when you have tight roads we have, we have some of that here in orlando and like these roads are like toothpicks they're so tight and then I don't know. In driving school, they don't teach parallel parking anymore. So, listen, blame the system. Don't blame yourself. We cannot call that a fault. I'll go uh, with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's their fault. It's the it's the people upstairs' fault. Uh, but what what are some of the things that you doodle? Um, I like to doodle people, and I like to make other people guess who it is. That's like a fun <laughs> a fun game for me. Really? So I do, yeah. I'll doodle like, I don't know, like my husband as a character or like um, a training partner as a character. And it's always funny to like exaggerate things or make them wear that thing they always wear or make them doing (laughs) something that they always do. So (laughs) that's like, but that scene is so interesting because it seems like that is the one thing about track and field athletes. Uh, Art like being artists, like I had Adelaide Aquila on the show. I just, you know, had a, another show with an athlete. And A, you know, Adelaide made a great point. You know, she's into, you know, art and painting and all that stuff because you don't have to pay money for wall art. 
which can mm-hmm. get expensive. Yeah, get my to... all the walls in our house are stuff that me and my sisters made or oh. like my mom or like my uncle. Yeah, we have a lot of artists in our family and so we decorate. <laughs> uh, that's that's listen, that is HGTV level of like insight. <laughs> um you act that would actually be, a, be good for an HGTV show. Like help I wreck my house or something like that and <laughs> that's like one of the tips. Do you draw like I don't say like anime but like Characters like on TV or like from different shows and stuff like that. Um, I used to, when I was not recently, no, when I was like little and like practicing, like younger, I would draw like a lot of the Simpsons people. I thought that was funny. Oh, that would be, (laughs) I would love to see like, uh, Bart or Bert Simpson or whatever his name is. I would love to see that. Yeah. Like our driveway at home was just all these chalk drawings of Homer Simpson (laughs) (laughs) practicing. And my parents are like, okay, that's weird. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's genius. That's like a level of creativity. I'm not going to lie. If you ever start making like nineties, nineties television was my era TV. So if you ever start making, that please let me know. I will pay top dollar for a caricature of Chucky Finster or <laughs> Rugrats. Yes, oh, the Rugrats, right? yeah, Doug. Doug. Yep. Oh man, yep. can you draw like li- elite level skill set? If you can draw Roger from Doug, um, because I don't even know what color that is on the scale on the on the color scale. Uh, pork chop. Oh my goodness gracious, like. Maybe that's why I like cartoons. There were so many good cartoons back then when I was what, growing up. <laughs> what era of television did you uh, grow up watching? I'm yeah, 90s. 90s. I mean, I'm 28, but those were my shows. Yeah. Oh, so I'm 90s too, even though I'm way older than you. I'm like a decade older than you. But um, I, yeah, definitely watched Doug. I watched um, Saved by the Bell was a big one, okay. not a cartoon, but that was a show I loved. Um what other cartoons? I liked Doug. I liked The Simpsons. I still like The Simpsons. Um, I liked Rugrats, like you mentioned. Any other good cartoons out there? Those were like iconic ones, though. I feel like everyone watched those. There were some that did. Um, Rugrats, listen, that was my cup of tea. Uh, was not allowed to watch The Simpsons. My mom thought it was really stupid. But I was able to watch uh, shows where the characters were named after condiments, <laughs> uh, like patty mayonnaise and uh, dill pickles, and all that fun stuff. I don't know. I, I, that was, to me, like, I watch TV now and I get depressed because, and I had um, uh, Laura Thweet on the show, and we were talking about just how like people in i say i'm 28 so like i know i'm not old even though sometimes days you know you feel like an artifact but just Mm -hmm. like i don't know you there wasn't netflix there wasn't hulu there was like the vcr and then there was like blockbuster and movie stop and all this other stuff and the actual art of drawing was really big back then when i was growing to school going to school like Everyone wanted to be an artist. Everyone wanted to draw. Everyone wanted to do that. So, uh, yeah, I actually think that's pretty cool. And I'm not going to lie. That era of television needs to come back. Like, <laughs> I don't know. That was the best era of television. Um, but what is it like living in the Northeast? 
I live in the South. And so I'm always interested to hear people who can celebrate fall on the first day of fall and they don't have to wait and they get seasons and all that stuff. But what is it like growing up in a small tight knit, you know, community in the Northeast? Yeah, I, I like it. Today, yeah, today's first day of fall. I have my sweater on. <laughs> it's a little it was a little cool and rainy, so it feels like it. Um it's it's a lot of pumpkin patches and uh <laughs> a lot of apple oh, picking this time of year. That's popular. A lot of haunted houses up here. Uh they do Halloween big. I think it's because we're well, we're in like um, you know, New England as well. So it's like Salem witchy area and they like to celebrate that holiday a lot. There's a lot of, you know, tours and stuff over in Salem, Massachusetts. And they felt last year the park by my house filmed um Hocus Pocus three. Uh really? which is coming out. Yeah, look for it. It's coming out this probably around uh Halloween. They filmed it last fall. And um if if there's like an old village scene that's actually in Rhode Island, Lincoln, Rhode Island. Wow. So, yeah. That's actually pretty cool. I know. We we were like, so who's in that movie? It's like um Oh, Bat Midler, one of them. Bat Midler and Hocus Pocus three. Hocus the one and Hocus Pocus one and two was it like? Let's look and see. So you have Sarah uh, Jessica Parker, Sarah Jessica Parker, Bat Midler, um, Thor Birch, uh, Vanessa Shaw, Sean Murray, Omri Katz. I assume they're in the third one. I don't know. We didn't see anybody uh, famous, but. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to say that would be awesome. Like if you were in it. Like, Me in the back. Get... My, maybe my dog's in the background walking around. Who knows? Because we were, or... they like, they closed half the park, but then you could use the other half. And so people were like watching all day and stuff. So pretty much all of them are going to be in this movie. Except okay. Sarah, except Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, she wasn't in it. Okay. No, she was. She's just not in this one. Oh, okay. Um, Hocus God. Pocus three, which was, is where I'm never. Are you big on Halloween? I love Halloween. Yeah. Really. <laughs> I can't do it. Like maybe because like we I grew up in a religious household where you know it wasn't allowed. The only thing that I did was Halloween horror nights um at Universal. And Ooh. it it gets testing. I'll just say that. Like all the boys take the girls because they it's like that's the perfect first date. Um, because you're guaranteed to get scared. And then when you scare the boys, that's when you start, people start punching the characters. Um, oh God. <laughs> and they have chainsaws everywhere and everything. Um, but I've always was curious, like what would be the go-to athlete costume? Like if you went trick-or-treating now as an adult, what is like that costume that you have to wear? So I never actually get to dress up because we're always doing like New York City Marathon is usually around uh, Halloween or in college we had conference. So we like never dressed up. But um, I don't know. I feel like dressing up as like your favorite athlete would be cool. Like um, someone who had a lot of trademarks, like cool things you could copy. So like um, I loved like Flojo because she did the nails and I love oh, yeah. Um, I Who else did I want to be? I wanted to be... 
I don't even just whoever your favorite athlete was. So like you could copy their bib and write their name on it. So like, if I really loved, like, like I really looked up to Dina Castor in college, so you could always just like remake her outfit and like, kind of like, you know, if she wore like a trademark, like shoe or sock, you could like put that on and write Dina on the bib and write, wear the little metal. Um, so that's kind of like the obvious running costume. Um, Forrest Gump, a lot of people did that. It's not that creative. <laughs> that's not. That's, that's nah, not good. it's not. It's not good. Um, let's see. I this year I want to be um I don't know if we're gonna dress up. We like never find an occasion, but I want to be Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye because we have the same we have the same haircut. <laughs> and I just oh, need a wow. And then we can make our baby Bobby Burke, because she could be baby Burke. And then my husband could pick whoever he wants to be of the remaining queer eye guys. Please do that. I've never <laughs> seen I've never seen the show, but if it that I've seen like pictures, and so that would be oh my gosh, that would be epic. And I, I love know, it. Yeah, I love that go, show. So I've been waiting. <laughs> just go on a family stroll, like through the park <laughs> or whatever the case might be. That that I don't know. The Northeast sounds like Stars Hollow. Uh, yeah it's, it's got that vibe this time of year oh my gosh i really hope you do that that would that would and just start running around the park and then let's see who gets confused to see who like <laughs> if they can you know decipher who the real characters are how do you spend your free time when you're not working when you're not running when you're not training when you're not doing podcasts when you're not writing books and all that fun stuff I mean, that is a lot of my free time because it's fun, but um, yeah, I don't know. Just decompressing, hanging out with my um, close running friends who live in Providence. Um, and I like to shop. I like to read. I like to watch Netflix with my husband. Just activities that are just fun, not trying to accomplish anything. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best or the best and the last show that you binge watch on Netflix. So, this is going to sound nerdy. It was um, called The Midwife, which is a BBC show. And I got really into it when I was pregnant because it shows really oh. wide variety of um, like birth complications. But it's actually like this drama set in the 1950s in England <laughs> about midwives. And I never thought I would like it. I pro I never would have watched it before I got pregnant. And now I'm like hooked on it. And there was so many seasons. I'm I'm almost done now. And it was like probably 12 seasons of the show. It it's was a lot. 95 episodes, 11, 11 seasons. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm I into it. I, I feel like I could deliver a baby now after watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like your natural pump up show <laughs> i heard of that show uh did not i nothing i would watch but i did not think anybody pregnant would watch it um no that's but, how i so a pregnant woman recommended it because you learn a lot actually watching it if you never had a baby before and she was right um but then it also kind of hooks you it's got good storylines <laughs> oh okay all right i i'm actually looking for another show to the last show that i binge watched on netflix and i got to the last episode but i cannot bring myself to watch it is called um it's called the good place 
I'm not sure if you heard of, heard of it. NBC's the good place. With Ted uh, Danson and yes, and Kristen Bell and uh, it is the best series I've seen in my 28 years of existence. But I can't watch the last episode because I cannot. I'm not good with emotions, and so I'm not mm-hmm. one that's going to try to cry. And apparently, that is like a tearjerker. Uh, but who knows? Maybe one day I will get bored and check out the midwife. Uh, <laughs> always curious about this from athletes. When it comes to the baking championships, A, are you a staunch watcher of it? B, could you compete in it? And C, which one would you be a part of? So I've watched a few British bake-offs, but not all of them. Okay. So I'm like a casual fan, I guess. It's a very relaxing show to watch. Um, I am a notoriously bad baker. I don't, I just don't follow the directions. You know, baking's precise. And I'm yeah. like, I must just always be a little distracted. I don't know. Like nothing I bake ever comes out good. Um, apart from, I can do sourdough bread. That's about it. Everything else, cookies, cupcakes, everything's terrible. Um, so cookies I'm are very- hard. They are hard. It's hard to make a good one. Yeah. I've tried a lot. I've tried (laughs) often. So, yeah, I wouldn't be good. Um, But I would, I guess British Bake Off is like the one you want to do. It's like, or, or um, I like, is it cake? That one's really more of an artistic show because they're trying to make the cakes look like other stuff. So it's more about like the decorating than how they taste. I've never heard, I've heard of the British Bake Off, but I've never heard of Visit Cake. So these must not be Food Network series. Um, I have to, I've heard of the British Bake Off and people say that one is really good, but is it cake? I have not seen that. I have not heard of it. So what channel it's, is that one on? It's a new one. I'm not, I think it's on Netflix. Um, And it's like, you can't watch too many because it's almost like too simple of a show where it's just like. <laughs> They have an object and a cake and you decide which one's cake and which one's not cake. <laughs> it's like they oh. look very realistic. So like it'll be like a cake football and a sandal and like a cake sneaker. And you guess which one's cake and which one's not. And they cut it in half to prove if it's cake or not. I think I may have to pass on that one. <laughs> it's like I've... you watch, it is kind of like you watch one and you're like, I'm good for today. <laughs> but it's, but I feel like my competitive side will just be watching like, oh, you idiot. Of course, that's not a cake. Like, why would you choose that? I don't know. Uh, they look really realistic. They fooled honest... me a few times. <laughs> oh, <did they? laughs> Honestly, like, I feel like you would be really good on some of these baking championships, specifically when it comes to the decorations. And the creativity, like, I think you would kill Halloween Baking Championships. Maybe. Isn't there one where, like, they have bad bakers on? Nailed it or something? Like, <laughs> nailed it. I could do They're... that. <laughs> but, like, the from a design, like, part, obviously, the cake crap and all that, not crap, but the cake and the cookies and all that stuff has to be, you know, pleasing to the palate and edible. But... The design, like people lose points for design. And so if you're like, I can definitely see you doing like a Homer Simpson with a <laughs> Halloween bucket, you know, out of like a watermelon or or they use anything. I can definitely see that. And with like orange paint That'd be and, awesome. you, <laughs> and you easily winning like 20 grand, like I could see you um, as yourself 
or something like that with like a uh, Wonder Woman cape and everything. <laughs> Just all these random skills pay off one day at the Ex cake baking championship. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you can have like a little microphone and everything. <laughs> you like the bucket pushing the baby stroller with your book how she did it and literally just getting 25 grand like i don't know either that or one of the cookie championships <laughs> i think it would be epic that would um, be amazing <laughs> rhode island though i will say this the one i think i that's a place i do want to visit because i've seen some of the restaurants on diners drive-ins and dives and i had no idea that the food up there like is like that um like from oh, a yes. restaurant point, point of view yeah, um, Providence especially. That was amazing. Um, yeah, I forget what restaurant Guy Fieri went to here. I think it was the hot dog place, I'm guessing. We have a really good hot dog place. Only only Systems Hot Dogs, I think it's oh. called. Um, but we have Johnson & Wales uh, University has a lot of, um, has a really good culinary department. And so a lot of the students leave there and start these like really cool, creative restaurants um wow. so we get to benefit from all that creativity over at johnson and wales and they had a diner he went to it was like a og diner that looked like denny's or whatnot um i don't know but they made these mozzarella cheese sticks that should win a gold medal just based on its own merit i was like i i don't know much about prop the only thing i really know about providence is are the friars um <laughs> And they've been a fan of mine just because of my love for fried chicken. So, you know, I was like, okay, well, it's a small, you know, state and everything. And it's just like, it's small, but it's mighty. So, look, yeah. it seems like it's like <laughs> the premier place, especially for a runner. Uh, because the weather is seemingly like heaven from everything. So listen, I'm a fan. It was 92 to 93 degrees today. So, you know, I cannot like start Whoa. my official, <laughs> but technically like that's not terrible here in like Orlando, but it's like, oh, on the first day of fall, you just want it to be a couple degrees, you know, a little cool. crisper than that. <laughs> just, 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 just a, just a dribble, just a dribble. It's on the way, as they say. But since, since this is fall, I have to ask this question and I set myself up for heartbreak and then we'll, uh, get to the last part of the show when is too early to listen to christmas music Ooh. i don't like a too early christmas christmas setup i'd say before thanksgiving is too okay. early That's, oh it's I too early it's, yeah it's too early <sighs> i don't like i don't want to do it in november it's it's like still I don't know. Still fall. It's not winter yet. <laughs> not ready. I my heart is just broken by this, <laughs> the people who have come on the show and said it's too early before November twenty sixth. It's like no, it's not. Like I started today, just the low key variety. But... Oh, I'm not ready today. Ooh, I'm not ready today. <laughs> <laughs> but you, it's you have the ensemble. You have a sweater. You know, SpongeBob. The best time to wear a striped sweater is in the fall or all the time or whatever. So it's like you are primed and ready for like the low key Christmas experience to build up to the winter. Oh, I have to retire that question. That one. <laughs> Because it just makes me feel worse about myself. <laughs> oh, boy. Have you considered 
I honestly feel like you would be a legit college coach. Have you considered going? Like, I can see you and Anna Roar, uh, which I'll be honest, just looking back at Notre Dame, because I've um, she's been on the show. You guys are like some fierce, awesome athletes. You breed excellence um, in South Bend, specifically on the track and, and on the courses. Have you ever considered like going back and just maybe not Notre Dame, but somewhere? Because I don't know. I feel like you have the experience, but you understand what the athlete goes through on a different level and you can prevent them from making mistakes that you've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, have you considered doing that? <clears throat> I, so I get to see both sides of the coin because I'm an athlete. And then my husband actually is coaching at Brown okay. and he's coached quite a few athletes before he went there as a coach as well. And so I kind of see him making the plans and what goes into it. And I see it's really rewarding. Like you really can like, you know, impact the kids lives and you can be a good mentor, but I feel like I have like, I would have to find a way to have authority. Cause I don't normally have authority. <laughs> I just feel like I'm so wishy. I'd be like, okay, do whatever workout you want. Get. Like, I don't know. I'm, I find it hard to push other people. Like I don't want to be mean or I don't want to be like, uh, I just, I, I need to find the right approach of like, you know, um, helping them find their limits, but not pushing too hard and communicating is important. You need to communicate well. So I see all these skills that he has that I'm like, you know what? I would need to work on that. I would need to work on that. <laughs> so, but I'd never say never because it is a really rewarding career. Like it looks, um, it looks like something that's really, um, like I remember all my coaches in my life, like from my, you know, JV soccer coach to of course the coach I have now, like all of them like impacted my life. So in such good ways, in such big ways. So I, it would be cool to be that for other people and to use my skills for good in that way. So I'll never say never, but I would have a lot of um, preparing to do for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you would be the coach to be like, okay, listen, if you want to be great, do this workout. If not do what you want to, but if you're not great, it's because you did not do this. And then I feel like that would resonate, you know, more than, you know, just that, you know, how everybody's like, oh, this is just a soft generation and stuff like that. Cause you know, you're not calling anybody MFs and all this stuff, but it's like very simple. Like, okay, if you want to be great and reach your limits and reach your potential, this is what you need to do. If not, then it's your fault. The choice is yours. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. So this the is like power's it's, in your hands. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not yell at you. You just no, do it or don't. Yeah. Yeah. You do it or don't. So you take that pressure off of yourself <laughs> and put it back on the other athlete <laughs> and stuff like that. I don't know. I think that could work. Yeah. I, think- I mean, that's more my that's more my vibe than yelling at someone or kind of riding someone every day. So. Like I don't know if it would work, but <laughs> I think it I think it would because you have the street cred. Like when like when Molly Huddle rolls up, like you roll out the red carpet, like <laughs> you know, before Kanye lost his mind, he had a bar that was lit and said bow in the presence of greatness. So that's kind of like when you roll up to a, like a college campus. They have to listen because like your resume speaks for itself. So I think that's in your favor as well. And then it's like, I don't know. 
all they have to do once like they see you race better yet always i found this when i was coaching shot putting discus if you make an example out of one of those kids by beating them at their own game <laughs> like okay you think you got this let's race a mile real quick and you just pop out a 358 and they're at like a 417 and they're like okay coach whatever you say fam i got you <laughs> <laughs> just like to have that in your back pocket you yeah can just like i'll show you i can show you tomorrow <laughs> yeah it's just like you have like an extra infinity stone um just in case it's like i have this infinity stone just say the word i got it um but it's very clear and evident that you have a love and a passion for the sport that is unwavering i guess i don't want to say necessarily where did it come from but why are you so passionate in spreading that for the benefit of everybody through not just you know running but through all of these outlets that you're involved in yeah I am very passionate about it I love I love running I love what um like really immersing myself in sport and chasing big goals I like what it's done for me as a as a person, as a woman, I just feel like it's made me confident and it's given me like a good relationship with my body. It's given me, um, you know, it's shown me how to chase goals in a realistic way. It's made me not afraid to, you know, mess up and then see what's on the other side. You know, you still wake yeah. up the next morning, like it shows you all these things. And I just want other people to have that. And I want, I know it takes staying in it a certain amount of time to get those things, you know, um, a lot of people find running hard. And so they'll start and maybe not get that far, not get far enough to get the gifts from it. And so I just want to encourage everyone to like get to that point. Cause I feel like it's, I just feel like we'd all be better for it. So yeah, I'm very evangelical about running. <laughs> but <laughs> Literally just, like the, yeah, I love what it's done for me. So <laughs> you are like the runner's version of like Billy Graham trying to like, <laughs> you know, spread this message essentially. Um, what, where does your bravery come from? Because not just you've tackled topics and subjects in this sport, really it, it's in this sport, but it's a society, you know, kind of issue. Um, and you've not been afraid to speak on these issues, offer up solutions and, you know, do it in such a way where the message resonates with others. And, you know, we talked about your bravery on the track, you know, that inner Beyonce that comes out, you know, when you're whooping everybody, but, you know, through these different creative, you know, outlets, I feel like you've helped elevate the sport. Honestly, God's truth. I, I feel like I can say this when we look back in like 25 years, we will say that you were one of the most influential athletes that we had in this sport um, because of the things that you were not afraid to do, the things that you've accomplished and just the the heart that you have. So what kind of, what gives you that bravery to attack those subjects to help somebody else that's going through Oh, wow. Yeah, that's great. Like, I don't think of myself as brave at all. But I, I think I just surround myself with people that encourage, you know, those things and, um, like bolster me to go forward with those kinds of topics and ideas. And, um, for example, Alicia and Roshin, you know, we've definitely had topics on the podcast that I was afraid to tackle. And we would talk and they would hype me up and I would you know, say you're right. And thanks for the perspective. And so I just think having those people around you that know you and have good perspective and 
um, want to change the game as well, you know, kind of all your powers combined, you guys, you know, we just kind of could make the conversation what it needed to be and it would resonate and be honest and be authentic. And so that's why I love those two. You know, I think that's why they're great for um, having discussions with because my discussions with them in real life off the podcast were like that. And so I was like, oh, I would love people to hear this. And ooh, my dog is like, bring <laughs> oh. his way into the camera. Um, I would love other people to be encouraged to do the same thing. So, you know, yeah. listen to that and say, what else can we talk about? What else can we put out there? So two more questions, but yeah, like I said, it doesn't, it's easy to shy away from it. So whether you have somebody hyping you up or, you know, you just come out and say it, it does take a level of bravery to, to a write a book, uh, to be, you know, just continue to running and to continue to run in the face of adversity. Heck, it takes bravery to get to the starting line. Uh, you know, I was just talking to a marathon, uh, you know, running. It's just like, you get to the starting line. It's like, what am I like? Why am I doing this? Uh, so, yeah, I think, heck, bravery is not a strong enough statement. What advice would you give to younger runners um, who are following in your footsteps or who look up to you? And, you know, what would you tell them, especially in the peaks and or the valleys, uh, rather, you know, of their running career? I would say that, you know, have sort of that long view, especially if you're a distance runner, because it is something that takes a long time to build. It takes a long time to build that endurance. And especially if you're in high school, you're really just at the beginning. And so everything feels so magnified at that level, but really it's just the very beginning. You're learning a lot of lessons and you want to take care of your body well enough to like use those lessons for like some really big things later on. So, you know, if you're lucky enough to run in college, if you're lucky enough to run after college, your body can do that. It can go for a long time and it'll get better and better every year. Um, even if you're not running at a competitive level, like you want to have the love for it. You want to have it in your life. So still take care of your body, take care of yourself. Um, and it's, it's just distance running is one of those things where it's, you, you just add a little brick every day, you know? And so don't, you know, it's not flashy, but don't underestimate what you're doing every day. You're making a step forward every day. And so that consistency is important. And so just make sure you get those miles in, make sure you get that consistency in and when you need it, it'll be there. So I would say, yeah, consistency, look for the long game, take care of yourself, take care of your body and uh, make sure you're absorbing all those lessons. <laughs> oh, this is a quick, quick question. Why, what other event would you do if you were not a distance runner in the sport? Sorry, my dog is like going crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, what would I do if I wasn't a distance runner? What other event would you do? Oh, what other event would I do? Oh, um, I always wished I was fast enough to run the 400. That's my favorite event. Um, I think my fastest ever one in practice is like a 61. So I am not fast, but oh, that's not bad. I, I wish I was, I wish I could break 60 someday. <laughs> All right. Last question. Then a quick rapid fire. Then we're gone. Why do you love this sport so much? What, what keeps you coming back? 
I love the, I don't know. I, <laughs> Sorry, that gave me time to think about it. <laughs> um, why do I love running so much? I love just the, I don't know, just what it does, like what it teaches you every day. It just shows you every day that you didn't give up on something and just kind of like boosts that confidence every day. So that's what I like about it. You have survived the interrogation process. We are now to our last segment called Down the Home Stretch. I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. I want you to answer them to the best of your ability. You are playing to get on the metal stand the metal stand uh and there's some pretty impressive winners on there so no pressure if you do not answer them to the best of your ability don't even worry about it i don't really care it's no big deal <laughs> um but if i ask you to elaborate quickly on a question it does not count against the time are you ready yes i am bad at on the spot questions but i'll do my best <laughs> hey listen that's a championship mindset right there if there was a food that you had to live with and a food that you had to live without what would they be i'd live with uh sushi i'd live without um i'd live without italian food really <laughs> yeah <laughs> So you don't like pasta, sauce, none of that? I like it. I just feel like I take a few bites and I'm like, okay, where's like, it needs more. <laughs> oh, okay. I hope there are no Italian people watching this show. On I know. My poor mom is like, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Bless her heart. Um, if you had to be the guest on any TV show, what uh, show would you pick? Um, I love Seth Meyers. Seth Myers, uh, late night with Seth Myers. Okay, that yes. would be a good one. Alrighty, if there was a '90s television character that you relate to the most, who or could be your best friend, you would choose to be your best friend. Which character would it be? Lisa Simpson. Lisa Simpson. Okay. <laughs> a day in the mountains or a day at the beach? Mm, I think beach. Okay. What other sport? compels you as much as track and field as compelling as much track and field. Uh, I love basketball. Oh, who's the go-to team? The Celtics? Um, I'm more into women's basketball, but <laughs> I'm in Celtics territory. Okay, shout out to the Aces who uh, <laughs> um, definitely took home that WNBA title. Alrighty, if there was a song to describe your life, what song would it be? Um, hmm. <laughs> uh, that Dolly Parton song, Working 9 Good to 5, night. except I work at 9 and 5 because I do a morning <laughs> run and an evening run and I don't do anything in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Working 9 and 5, only way to make a living. <laughs> I'm, I'm with that. Okay. If there was a dream vacation spot that you could go to, what would that place be? Um, we haven't ever been to Kenya or Ethiopia to see where all the amazing distance runners live and train. So one of those two countries, probably. 
perfect. Couple more questions. If there was somebody, anybody, any personality who would narrate, you would want to narrate a race that you ran, who would you pick? Oh gosh, um, Leslie Jones, based on her Olympic coverage. <laughs> oh boy, I would love to see Leslie Jones fight. The last, <laughs> your last four hundred, it would be the most epic commentary. Um, from Leslie Jones ever. If you had to kick it and have lunch with anybody in this world that's living, who would it be? Oh gosh, who would it be? Um, I would love to have lunch with uh, Mindy Kaling. Oh, I would love that too. <laughs> um, best food that you've ever eaten? Oh, it was... It was um, a steak we had in Brazil before the Olympics at a Brazilian steakhouse, and it was amazing. It was, I've never had a meal that good in my life. Most overrated trend that is happening today? Oh gosh, overrated trend. I would say, I'm gonna go for the chunky shoe trend. I'm over it. The, the <laughs> chunky shoe trend? Yeah, all the like big stack heights, the super shoes, oh. the, the chunky fashion sneakers. I'm over it. <laughs> oh, those are fashion. Okay, I I didn't know that. <laughs> They're going back and forth. Yeah, you're you're seeing them on the runway, but then you're also seeing them in you know obviously in races. All the shoes are getting bigger and bigger. I just I, I don't like. It. <laughs> yeah, it's like like a like a box like a box spray. Last question: Why does kindness matter to you? Kindness matters to me because that's what people remember and um, it can go farther than any other ambitious thing you have going on. For somebody who said that they're bad at this rapid fire, you just won the gold medal. Um, you are tied with like the 10 other or five other gold medalists on this <laughs> right. <list>. So um, <laughs> when we make it, I will be sure to send you a complimentary gold medal from USA Trophies um, down here <laughs> in Orlando. Where can the people find you? Where can the people find the podcast and where can they get the book? Yes, um, I am probably most accessible on Instagram. I'm just at Molly Huddle um and same on twitter and we have a website keeping track www.keeping-track.com um we are keeping track on uh itunes and the book is how she did it which is available wherever you buy books <laughs> <laughs> exactly amazon all those fun places bookstores if there are any in the united states or in mm -hmm. the world that still opens that's where you can get it molly Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. The GOAT, the icon, the legend that is Molly Huddle. I'm Dominic Smith. Until next time, peace.